Before I get into the word, I, um, you, most of you know that Paul and I had five weeks or four and a half weeks over in um, Scotland. We were there for two reasons. One was to see my dad and another one was for a wedding. And I don't know if I ever showed you a couple of pictures because these castles are amazing. And this is my niece. Her husband is in the military. That is Bamborough Castle. It's one of my favorite castles in England. It's where a lot of my ancestors, who were very friendly, nice people called the Vikings, came. <laughs> you never messed with them, but um, yes, say no more. So that's one, and I think there's another one. Um, there you are. Isn't that beautiful? And um, the bouquet of flowers, actually. Um, there's a picture in my family home over in Scotland and my great-grandmother had a beautiful wedding bouquet and she took the picture off the wall, took it to the florist and she said, can you do the same one? And it was really beautiful. It was a little bit breezy there, so it was blowing a bit, but you know, and you know that it's not a wedding without bagpipes and I love to dream. I really love to dream and I just want you to know that Paul hates bagpipes and he said he will never wear a kilt for me. So this is what Paul would look like in a kilt. I love my husband. Isn't he nice? Oh, I love it. Sorry, I'm... I'm I'm really grateful for my husband, though, I have to say. It was cool. All right. I do dream, dream on, sis. Yes, I will keep dreaming. Very cool. Hey, let's, let's, let's um, give thanks to God for his amazing word. Eh? He is good. Father, when we can't, you can. And because you can, we can do all things. So we are so grateful and thankful for everything in life because you have given us an abundant life. Thank you for your anointing, Heavenly Father, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that is invested in me and invested in us. We will preach your word with might, with power from on high, and we just thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we are starting a new series this month called Grateful for the Grind. Wow. Are you grateful for the grind? So the title of my message today is Preparing for Promotion. Are you expecting promotion? Are you preparing for promotion? And I am going to read, and it should come up on the screen, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. And this is where... Samuel has been told by God to go out to a man called Jesse who has lots of sons and anoint one of them. So here we go, chapter 16, verse 1, and it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? And the reason that God rejected him to be king, because he never did the heart of God, he never obeyed God. So God said, Okay, if you're not going to keep listening, I'm going to hand it to someone else. Who will listen? And he said, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to there. There was a feast going on. There was a dinner invitation and it was going to be at Jesse's house. So the sons were there, apart from one. And so he said, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. Now Eliab was the firstborn son of Jesse. 
And he said, wow, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord because he was good looking and he had height. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's a good word right there. Then Jesse called Abinadab. He was the next in line, and he had him press in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, no, has the Lord chosen this one? Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen them. So he says to Jesse, are these all the sons you have? <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing, that, isn't it? Are these all the sons? And Jesse said, there is still the youngest, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And it says, then Samuel went off to Ramah. In verse 19, I just want to say this. So, Sam, so um, David is anointed. And it says that, um, verse 19, Saul was... Um, wanting someone to play the harp for him. And it says this, I just want you to take notice of this. Where did they have to go and get David? They say, send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. He went back to the sheep. And I just want to read this. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I haven't put this up, but I just feel I need to read this. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. What a great word right there, eh? Samuel thought that Jesus' sons were king material. When Samuel saw only height, God saw the heart. And God will always choose heart over height. We focus externally, but God is looking internally. God does not choose leaders and servants by their good looks or their IQ, but God is looking for people who share his heart. And David was anointed king by Samuel when no one else, even his father, didn't even think about him. He was the only son that was left out of this special invitation for dinner. And he could have packed a saddie and thought, I'm so over these jolly bleaters and these woolly things, you know. But he still continued faithfully when no one else was watching, God was being faithful in the small things and having integrity in the secret place opens doors to promotion. Are you preparing for promotion? Do you know that when David was in the field with the sheep all alone, 
when no one else was watching, God was. He never ever thought that he was training for reigning. Do you know that you are training for reigning here today? And that you have a great shepherd, the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. It says there is nothing that he will not do to go after you. It says that the 99 he can leave and he will go after the one sheep that is lost. You are so on his mind and so special to your heavenly father, the great shepherd, that he will go after you. It says the wolf will try and scatter. You see, the wolf knows that there is safety in numbers. That's why it's important to get around family. Church family are important for your spiritual well-being as well as the heavenly king of kings. And you, have you ever watched those wildlife programs? What the, the wolf or the, the lion, when they come to devour, they will try and isolate. They come and they target one and they try and separate it from the rest of the pack. And that is what the devil will try to do with you. And when you start going down that track of feeling like you had done by or poor me or have a very ungrateful attitude, you get on a downward spiral to the point where you need the whanau to get you back on track. So good. That's our model for our life groups. Life is better together. That's what God has for you. Life is better together. You know, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That was David wrote this psalm when he was all alone. But it goes on to say, um, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That tells me that he actually makes me. He goes, Get into green pastures. That means there is plenty. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. And you know, my, my mother used to say this statement all the time. People, they think that, you know, kids especially, we're always saying, oh, but we're looking over the fence at what the other people have for their toys. We look over the fence. I want to do what they're doing. I want this. I want that. She said, grass is not greener on the other side. And I can tell you, we, we have traveled a lot. And I, when I get, when that plane touches down and I'm back in New Zealand, I'm so grateful to the Lord because grass is not always greener on the other side. And I am so appreciative. When you've been in Britain and you have lanes upon lanes of traffic, you have people that honk their horns, they might give you some what they call friendly hand gestures. You've got like traffic jams where you can be stuck in for an hour or two. And I come back to New Zealand, and the other day I was going down the roadworks at Honeheke Road, and I was stuck in the traffic lights. The guy was holding the stop sign, and I, was, I just started to go through when all of a sudden, Auntie came with pizzas. And these seven guys, and she stopped a car right in front. The whole traffic came to standstill because Auntie had brought pizzas. Seven of these boys, they all come around, thank you, Auntie. And I'm like, I'm grateful. And I'm not missing out. So I went, hey, cuzzy, where's mine? 
and they laughed, and so we had a brilliant time. Pizza, and everyone else is like behind us. And you know, sometimes we can take, overlook just beautiful moments like that. We live in such a blessed country. Be grateful for where God has placed you. David continued to be grateful when no one else was looking. Samuel came and anointed him king. And he was anointed before he was pointed. There was a process that David had to go through. Be patient in the process, church, because the promotion will definitely come. And when David was anointed, he could have said, Oh, I'm out of this. I'm so over this. Look at my brothers. They're all in the military, and I'm looking after these stinking sheep. I'm so over this. I've been anointed king. Who do they think they are? I'm off to the palace, and I'm going to get me some kingly robes. But you know, David went back to the sheep, and that's what God saw. And it says about King David, before he was even king, but it says that David was a man after God's own heart. Do you know that is the only statement in the whole of the Bible that is about David? And why? And I say to the Lord, so why did you say that expression to David? What was so amazing about David that he was singled out and that statement says there that he was a man after God's own heart. David loved the sheep. He was their protector. You heavenly father loves the sheep. He loves you and I. He will go after that one sheep. In fact, he will move heaven to us if he has to, to go after you. And he did. Isn't that so special because you are so important? So David was faithful to God even when it wasn't exciting. Oh, isn't that amazing? Grateful for the grind. Are you faithful even when it doesn't look exciting? He didn't think of thrones and crowns. He went back to the smelly sheep. I love that. He was a man after God's own heart. So the public anointing that Samuel did in the presence of his brothers there was the result of what God, what had been taking place in private. What are you doing in private church? Are you preparing for your promotion? Have you got a good heart attitude? Are you grateful for the grind? And it says there in that reading that I did that David had seven older brothers. In fact, David was the youngest of ten. There was eight brothers, and he actually had two sisters. So he was like the runt of the family. And when the other brothers were there, they didn't always look on him too kindly, and they said comments, especially when he was even given a job to do by his father to take lunch to his brothers in the military. That was just before Goliath, the giant. You know, the, this is the thing. His brothers grew up in the same home as David. They wandered down the same paths. They probably swam in the same rivers. They probably even had the same social circles. These brothers actually had a greater uh, advantage because it says their father 
was obviously prouder of them because he introduced them to the prophet. But the sad thing is that not one of them was a man after God's own heart. Only David, who worked in the field and looked after the sheep. And why was that? Because they did not choose to make being friends with God their priority. They looked at the outward, whereas God was looking internally. And asked by his fathers to take lunch to his brothers in the battle, his brothers even taunted him there. But David kept doing the right thing. By being faithful, even though it was a small menial task to take his, this lunch to, to his brothers, he could have missed his destiny and never met Goliath. Do you know by doing menial tasks that you are preparing for a great destiny, God is training you for reigning in life. Keep being grateful for the grind. Your kids are awesome. It, be grateful. Be thankful in the little things because it said he who, Luke 16 verse 10 says this, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful in much. God trusted David that he would take care of his people well because he took care of the sheep well when no one else was watching. Do everything with a good, good heart. When no one else was watching, God was. And it says, 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The thief wants to come and rob and steal and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come that you might have that abundant life. Do you know I talked about the grass being greener? Do you know the grass is actually greener underneath you right now? Because wherever you walk, the favor of God follows you. It says, the mercy of the Lord shall follow us all the days of our life. And it says that the anger of the Lord is but for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. You walk with grass green under your feet your whole life. Are you thankful for it? Thank you, Lord. We are so blessed. And I know I said that the shepherd, the good shepherd, will leave the 99 and go after that one sheep. He will go after you if you get off track. While we were traveling in England, we were going from England up to Scotland. I had my sister in the car. We were traveling up there. It's a long trip on motorways. Hours and hours and hours, lots of traffic. It's busy. You have to keep alert. And halfway up to Scotland, we, I says to Paul, oh, we need, he said, oh, we need to get petrol. And I needed to do a pit stop. So we get out the car, and Paul's filling the car with petrol. And we'd had sat-nav on in the car. And Paul was filling the car with petrol, and I was going with my sister to the toilet. And these are big. I don't know if you've traveled in Britain. These are big places. There's people everywhere, cars everywhere. Stack loads of pebbles, stack loads of toilets. So we were heading off, and as I looked, I saw the phone there in the car seat, and I said, oh, Paul, you can't um, leave the car unlocked and go and pay for the petrol, because this is England. Someone could wander off with it. So I just took the phone, popped it in my pocket. So I gets in, goes into the toilet, all they're stacked, 
all of a sudden, it was quiet. And this big, loud voice from my pocket says, rerouting, proceed to the nearest exit. Well, I just lost it. It was so funny that the whole toilet block erupted, literally. I nearly had a hot flush moment right there. It was so funny. And the and then I, after that, it's like women, we started to have conversation. We're laughing with the next person and the next person. We cracked up. And when we got out, we're still laughing about it. And Paul said, what's so funny? You've just been to the toilet. I went, you wouldn't believe it. But Siri didn't like where I was. And she was rerouting me because she wanted me to get on track. And that is what God will do for you. If you get off track, Guess where he will go, lengths, to get you back on track. He'll go to the pub to get you back on track. He will go anywhere to get you back on track. He went from heaven to earth. Isn't it awesome? Are you grateful for the grind? Do you know the children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt? And they were whinging, Lord, we want to get out of Egypt. We want to get out of Egypt. And it says there that you would think that after all the miracles that God had done in Egypt, they get to the Red Sea and their enemy is behind them chasing them again because they want them back. They're not going to let them go in a hurry. You would, and God said, um, part the sea. So um, Moses parted the sea. And they walked through on dry land. You would think that their faith would be so pumped with all the miracles that they had experienced and saw. And in this chapter of Exodus, in chapter 16, or sorry, 15, they sing the victory song and they're going, wow, God is so good. He's won over our enemies. He's amazing. In the same chapter, guess what they do? The people grumbled against Moses. Chapter 16. People grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Chapter 17. They quarreled with Moses. And it says in verse 3 of the same chapter, they grumbled against Moses. Grumbling, mumbling. They had lost sight of the miracles and the goodness of God. They became ungrateful in the grind. They just whinged and complained. When you start to appreciate the goodness of God and have a thankful attitude, you will inherit more of the blessings that God has for you. God had a great promotion in the promised land for them, but they became grumblers and mumblers, and they didn't get there, apart from two of them. They didn't get there. And this is what Numbers 11, as Moses is thinking back, he's reporting and accounting this, it says, they complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. Verse 5, we remember, this is what the children of Israel were saying to Moses, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Really? There was no cost in Egypt? Is being in bondage at a cost? Their children were going to grow up into bondage and not free. When you start getting your focus on the negative, the negative grows, you don't think straight. 
and you need help to get back on track because our mind becomes so focused on the negative that we forget how big our God is. And they started to not even think straight because they were so grumblers and mumblers. And it was quite funny because even kids can pick up on this. When we were overseas, Evangeline was with a f somebody, a family person, and they were kind of grumbling and mumbling, and it just was like the glass was half empty instead of half full. And we're sitting at the table, and Evangeline just says, and I was there, and it's one of those moments where you're like, la, 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 she says, Ah, uh, you know what? If you can tell me five positive things, it will make a difference in your day. And the person got to two positive things, and she went, nope, I said five. Keep going. But And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to, you know how you're kind of like trying to pretend you're not there. By the time they got to five, do you know what the difference on their face went from a frown to a smile. I'm wearing this jacket, and it always reminds me of the song. Paul and I, it was our theme tune as we were traveling when we were um, mar just married, because we kind of probably never really dated anyway. We only, yeah, we didn't really date, because we just kind of got, he said, will you marry me? I said, yep, and six weeks later, that was it. So we kind of <laughs> didn't really wait around. I've lost my track now. What was I even talking about? Oh, yes, jacket, the yellow jacket. So let, so let the sun shine and face it with a grin. Smilers never lose and frowners never win. So let the sun shine and face it with a grin. Open up your heart and let the Savior in. That was our theme tune all the time. We traveled hours and hours, hours and hours through Britain. We always sung that because... Frowners don't win, but with Jesus, you've got something to smile about, eh? What's in you will be drawn out of you. My mum had another quote that she used to say. I love my mother's quote. She used to say, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. Whoa, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. Where's your heart at? Is it seated in heavenly places or are you focusing on external things in the lack like the children of Israel did. They kept their eyes on the lack and said, we haven't got food, we're hungry. Grumble, grumble, grumble. We're thirsty. Grumble, grumble, grumble. We haven't got meat. Well, I liked it back in Egypt, but they didn't. They whinged in there. They whinged everywhere. But frowners never win. And God is preparing you for promotion. How are you in the secret place when no one else is watching? Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I used to sing that in Sunday school. We need to remember some of these great songs. Hey, count your blessings. Are you grateful for the grind? God sees the heart. Being grateful in the grind. Do you know, we've just traveled the other side of the world, and um, do you know where the dream of flying started? Two brothers, the Wright brothers, had a dream to fly. And the first plane was built in a bicycle shop. A small bicycle shop. And when I read this, the Wright brothers, they had no degree. 
They had no financial backing, but they had a dream. They were grateful for the grind of the small bicycle shop. And the first plane Eva was built in a small bicycle shop. They could have said, life is too hard in the grind. How can we make a difference? But they didn't focus on what they didn't have, and they continued to build their dream. Now, I'm telling you that I have flown on the biggest passenger plane ever. It's the Airbus A380. It is a monster. You stand by it and you look up and you think, Lord, I need the faith that this will get up in the sky because it's huge. It can take 853 passengers. It has 310 miles of wiring in that plane and it weighs 589 tons. Now, when the Wright brothers thought about their flying, I bet they never dreamed that a big monster like that would ever, ever get up in the sky. In order for an aircraft to rise into the air, I know there's a lot of things, and I'm not a science teacher, but something I think I know, the wing has to be shaped in the right way, but there has to be a force or a negative pressure must be created in order for that big Airbus to get up into the sky. If it didn't have the negative, it wouldn't have the positive. And you know what? Are you grateful in the grind that when the pressures of life come along, you have a good hard attitude and say, I am preparing for my promotion. Got it. I am preparing for my promotion. Promotion. There's <laughs> a lot of spit on this mic. We'll need to cleanse it later. Thank you, Jesus. Preparing for promotion. You were born to fly. Soar in the sky with wings like an eagle. An eagle flies above the storms, I think, doesn't it? Gets up above that pressure and the storms and it flies in the sky high. That's what we were meant to do, and we do do. Yes, we do. We do it. Brilliant, eh? The dream of this big Airbus started in a bicycle shop. Every one of us has a bicycle shop that God has given us. Are you grateful for your bicycle shop? Because I certainly am. I am so appreciative of the goodness of the Lord in my life. Colossians 3, verse 17 says this, And whatever you do, whether it's in word, what we speak, or whether in action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What a great verse, eh? Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks for the grind, because he is preparing you for promotion. Thank you, Jesus.